Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. boys are back stefano sam welcome back to the fastest growing formula one podcast on the globe you are listening to the premier f1 podcast we are back from the summer break it is race week two we're heading to spa sam stefano welcome back to the podcast guys been a long time good to be back Good to be back, Maddie. Uh, this has been too long of a break, in my opinion. Um, I've been fiending to talk F one. So so glad to be back with uh, with you and my best bud Stefano here. Yeah, man. I am so happy to see you guys. I'm so happy to talk F one. You know, the summer break was a long one, and in the words of Bananarama, it's been a cruel, cruel summer for some, but for others, it's been a little bit fortuitous. So let's chop it up and get right into it, guys. Yeah, fortuitous for some, not for others. I mean, first off, like we went into the summer break and it was pretty crazy that we had all of those contract kind of rumors circulating. I mean, today, this morning, we had another one. Mick Schumacher apparently has now a new target for his um, his contract this year. He has to get a different number of points. Gunther was like, I'm not renewing him. He's got a, now a, a contract target of points before he can even renew for next year. His contract's up. Looks like uh, Danny Ricardo is lives to see another day or another week. I haven't heard any news on him being replaced after the Oscar Piastri fiasco before the summer break. Um, Lewis Hamilton has been out in Africa for God knows how long, and he has been having the time of his life. Sam, this past weekend, we ran into a number of Formula One fans. They were conflicted. We saw people in both Verstappen and Lewis hats simultaneously stepping on. They, did, they just couldn't decide. It was like wearing a Red Sox jersey and a Yankees hat. The guy, you know, got, booed, the guy got booed out of the bar. Booed, booed right yeah. off the ferry into the sound. It was, it was a sight to see. Um, it's been a long summer break. I, for one, benefited a little bit, but it's too long. And I woke up this morning and I like forgot it was race week because it's just been such a long, I almost forgot the season was still going on. That's how long it's been since we've talked Formula One and yucked it up. Um, 
the in the points boys have been busy we've got a lot of stuff in the in the works we've got a lot of things coming down the pipe uh we've got we did a, a crossover show earlier in the summer that will be airing shortly uh we talked rush we talked um all things formula one we've got some things coming up in the fall it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hell of a second half of the season but guys before we move on to the second half of the season i'd love to do one little recap of the first half and a grade the grid and go through through our top three and bottom three drivers of the first half of the year. So we'll do a grade the grid. Uh, top three ABC letter grades. You can only give out one of each. So if you, you got to find somebody who's an A driver, a B driver, and a C driver, and then the bottom three, uh, the, the three Fs, if you will. But um, but it's kind of like a dealer's choice. You know, you can kind of do whatever you'd like. If you've got something that, uh, something controversial, something fun planned, you know, like I'm not going to be a stickler for the rules, but looks like Sam and I are wearing the same polo today so it sounds like we're on the same page but shout out uh, shout out that um, all right let's start with Stefano Stefano grade the grid top three bottom three um, give out letter grades however you want to do it ABC DEF whatever you want Z 198 4.0 whatever you want to do grade the grid um, let's start with you give us your your first one and we'll go like a snake and that's oh, man. I think I think it's pretty obvious with the S tier like a plus grade is and it's max Verstappen. top of the drivers top of the driver's table he's got what seven or eight wins so far this season i've, I've lost count of how many wins he's taken off of ferrari um but there's really no no questioning who the the highest grade is and that's max not for me I mean, that's pretty like, <clears throat> that's a pretty obvious on the nose one. But I mean, are you guys going, by the way, in like, this is your top one or just kind of like. No, it's it's for me, it's the drivers who have performed the best given yeah. their circumstances in their car. And that's why I don't even have Max in my top three, to be perfectly honest. Um, he's in arguably the best car uh, on the track um, with, you know, the, the premier team. So he's kind of was the favorite to win the championship. I mean, he's where everyone thought he was going to be, maybe not by as much as we thought it was going to be after the first couple of races, but he's in first the way we thought he was going to be. Um, so he's not number one for me. I look towards Lewis Hamilton. I think he's been top of the class uh, first half of the season. And the reason for that is his car hasn't been very good, especially the first few weeks. His car was awful. That was a really bad Mercedes. Um, he's been unbelievable the past like four or five races. Uh, maybe the driver of the day in like most of those races. So I've got him as the the number one driver in the first half of the season. And the driver that's not too far behind him is George Russell, his teammate. Um, I think both Mercedes drivers have been top of the class given their their circumstance and the lack of pace that that Mercedes car had for those two to to consistently, you know, be in the top five. It's it's been very impressive. Those are my top two drivers. You know, what's funny, Sam. I uh, <laughs> I can't even I can't even keep track of you anymore. He, is Red Bull arguably the best car in the grid or is Ferrari got the fastest car? They're in both the grid? Arguably like, which, which the one fastest. They're both. Argu- that's why it's arguable. Right. You could argue either one. Well, you know, the one time you're telling me no way Red Bull is the faster car, and then I'd say it's arguably I can't keep track of you it's anymore. It's because like, people like you argue it, even though you're wrong. People like you do argue it. Well, is it arguably Which the makes best it car? Arguable. Or is it arguably the worst? Is it or is Ferrari it's the best arguably car? Arguably the best car because there's people like you who argue that it's the best car. Yeah, kind of arguably Red Bull is the best car in the grid. Um, <laughs> All right, let's hear your rankings, Matt. Uh, you know what? 
I'm so unprepared for this ranking. It's it's pretty funny because I didn't do any prep work. I've got zero thoughts behind who I think is the top driver on the grid. Um, I've got I've got absolutely I've got no preparation. I'm I'm just gonna go off the cuff with this one. For me, in no particular order, I think one of the more impressive drivers on the grid this year has been Esteban Ocon. I think that he has finished consistently. This is purely off the cuff. Uh, I think he's finished consistently above his teammate. I think he's raced pretty hard. He's got a 17-point gap above uh, Fernando Alonso. Sam, you've picked him over Alonso in in many matchup picks. Uh, He's the lead driver of Alpine. He is going to be staying at Alpine next year. He's eighth on the grid behind or eighth in the drivers behind the the top teams and then only Lando Norris and the McLaren after that so for me he's been he's he's gotten an A this year by far um I don't and by the way my picks are in no particular order he's just like my top three you know grade the grid drivers of the first half of the season so far um, I think you can look towards both Alpines as having great first halves of the season I think they've both been very impressive and you're right I think uh I think Ocon you could probably get the edge over Alonso a little bit just because he's been a little bit more consistent through the start to the finish yeah race is pretty hard i mean you know he defended pretty well against uh, his teammate in hungary to the point where i think he even you know forced his teammate to leave the team altogether he just wasn't happy with the, with the way that went down and now he's going to the the, the stroll family going for a, a stroll down memory lane at, at aston martin but yeah that's my um that's my first pick um i think you know i'll i'll go for the second one we'll go back around um Sam, by the way, I think your your two picks were fantastic. I think Mercedes, I, I think those two drivers have done phenomenally with the equipment that they had. I think George Russell has proven to be very, very good. I think he's challenged his teammate. He's made the most out of his 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 time at Mercedes. He's shown poise and like he's been there for a long time. He's been very confident. Uh, you know, I don't take anything away from your picks. Um, I'm just going in a different direction. I think this is going to be kind of a controversial one for you guys, I think, but Valtteri Bottas has had like a pretty strong season. I mean, he's been in that Alfa Romeo, which last year in the grid was not the best car. He's in the top 10. He's only 12 points off of Ocon. He's had a lot of actual reliability issues this year, but still has managed to put that car up there. He's challenged some of the front runners before. We saw him challenge the the Mercedes in um, Miami. He's had kind of a quiet season. He hasn't really done anything like superb or really out there, but like the fact that he's just sitting up there in ninth with 46 points ahead of Fernando Alonso, ahead of, you know, names like Daniel Ricciardo, Kevin Magnussen, um, you know, the the midfield, like he's he put that Alpha, Alpha Romeo up there. And I think that he's had like a pretty quiet, but a pretty strong and positive season. So he's, uh, I give him like probably like a B plus, probably like a B plus. Yeah. Yeah, no, I actually, uh, I can't argue that. I feel like Bottas just fell off a little bit the second half of the first half of the season. Um, but one, actually, yeah, he, he he has, but he has super strong, you know, first like six or seven races. So that counts for something. He, he, I don't hate that pick, Matt. Yeah, you know, um, uh, Sam, what do you got next? By the way, Sam, was your picks the, was your Lewis and George like a joint one and one or was that like yeah, a one it was and like, two? It was one and two. Lewis was one, George was two. Um, I mean, my, my, it's, it's hard for me because third was either Ocon or Alonso. Um, but I don't want to steal your shine. So I'll just give a shout out to someone else who I think had a nice 
first half of the season. It's Lando Norris. I yeah, thought he was. I thought he was steady. Yeah, I thought he. I thought he was steady. Um, only, you know, only mid-table driver to have a podium. Yeah, he he got on the podium. Um, you know, I, I bet you if you're asking him right now, he'd probably be a little disappointed with the first half that he had. I think he had very high expectations for this season. Um, but that McLaren just didn't really come out of the gates the way we thought it was going to. So, um, but if you consider that he's, you know, he's been on the points the last four races, um, seven of the last eight races. So he said he had a good first half of the season. Yeah. I mean, how could you argue against him? I mean, he's been, he's been so consistent with that McLaren, which has been so up and down all year. I mean, his teammate has had polarizing experience with that car. So 100% Lando is definitely up there. He probably just stole Stefano's bold yeah, pickup shirt, but, but here comes a Stefano Ferrari stand. Let's hear your, uh, your, your guy. Who's your second pack? Kevin Magnuson. That's a really bold. Take. Oh my God. He's on my bottom. He's on my bottom me. three. He's in my bottom three. Maybe my worst performer of the first half of the season. Kevin Magnuson. Yeah, dude. We're losing credibility left and right on this podcast. Well, that's, that's a good Magnuson. segue because I my my least my worst performers in the first half of the season were Kevin Magnuson and Mick Schumacher. Sam, what a fall from grace for Haas. But before we get to the bottom ones, I think Stefano and I still have one more left for our, our top grade. So wait, Stefano, give us why Magnuson. Like I we need to hear this. Like I mean, apart from, apart from apart from some bad luck, he's gotten he's gotten the most out of that Haas car over the I first yeah, he had points finishes in how many races? He said said five points finishes, five points finishes in thirteen races. Yeah, compare that to all the guys behind him. He's he's outperformed who he's expected to outperform. And I'll remind you, he's been out of the sport for a few years leading into the season as well. So he's performed well relative to the expectations set before him. He was uh, he was out for one year, maybe two. <laughs> the guys behind him, Daniel Ricardo, Vettel, Gasly, his own teammate, Yuki, Joe, Lance Stroll. So you got both Williams a paid driver, two paid drivers with Joe and Lance Stroll. One of them's a rookie, Yuki, his own teammate, Sebastian Vettel in the pick of a car, and then a poor season for Danny Ricardo and Pierre Gasly. I mean, he's not like the best of the rest. He's like kind of like the best of the worst. The, the wow. fact that that car is losing to the Alfa Romeo like by 17 points in the constructors is embarrassing. embarrassing. That Haas car, car is so much better. It's so much faster. That that Haas car is a solid car, and they have two piss poor drivers behind the wheel this year. Well, I also have to not be a slave to my own blog that I wrote too. You I do know. have to be a slave to your own blog. That's true. You can't you can't do that. So so hold on, we we got to come back to the Haas because I actually have a huge take on the Haas thing, and I can't wait to hear Sam talk about them being his his worst on the grid so far. Stefano, who's your third? Best driver of the year so far, and then I'll give mine. Then we'll go into you the said worst. Kevin Magnuson. Oh, I thought you only did one. Yes, that's the second one. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'll have to go Checo. I've really been enjoying. I've really been enjoying Checo on on the grid so far. He's got he's got the win in Monaco. That was kind of gifted to him from the bozos at Ferrari, but he's been performing well. He's been a solid backup to Max. He's been making sure that he's been getting the most out of the number two car at Red Bull. He's been making sure that Red Bull is ahead by a solid margin in 
the constructors. You have to remember that it's not just Max that's getting all the points. Checo's getting a lot of those as well as the number two driver. So I would put him as as number three. I mean, I'll round on my three. I think uh, I think Carlos Sainz probably gets like a, an A minus for the first half of the year to have that many DNFs. Even, even, even I don't know about A minus, but he did have a solid even with first the two mistakes in Australia and Imola. Say that again. Even with the mistakes in Australia and Imola. I mean, I'm talking about like momentum. Like he's been on an upward trajectory. Like I feel like Checo has been on a downward trajectory and I feel like Sainz has been on an upward one. Like Carlos yeah. Sainz made some, he made some like mistakes early in the season and he's kind of like rebounded and recovered. Uh, he's been more consistent than his own teammate, Chuck Leclerc. And I feel like Checo has probably, he started off the year really competitive with his teammate, like fighting for, for qualifying spots. And then like, as of late, like he just hasn't been on the same form as Max. I think Checo still gets an A for the first half compared to what he did this time last year. He's third in the constructors. Don't get me wrong. I just think that like Carlos Sainz has a lot more momentum coming out of the the break than maybe Checo does. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll agree with that. You know, I mean, I think I think Sam and I had pointed out that Checo was on uh, a run of particular poor form. We sure uh, did. We were all over that, that. And, and and Matt was all over us. Sam, remember that? He was. He yeah. sure was. And we called out the poor form. I was arguing against it. You guys said, oh, in Austria, he had poor form because George Russell hit him and he went into the gravel. And no, he said, you just totally changed. And then like, and then you guys had the theory that the floor was wrong. I, all I'm saying is Checo has an A for the first half of the year, but relative no to the last three races, are we giving everyone A's? No, relative to the last three races going into the summer break, signs performed better than Checo. He gets a better momentum grade from me, but like on the whole for the first half of the year, I would still take Checo. I just, I think that they both actually probably have similar grades in my opinion. I think they both had like a B to B plus first half. I mean, they're both in the two fast, arguably fastest cars on the grid this year. And they both want to race. They both want to race this year. They're both Carlos competing Sainz, with their teammates Carlos here Sainz, and there. Carlos Sainz won a race this year. Yep. Carlos Sainz won a race this year. All right. The guys, I'm going to go into my like bottom picks of the week of the, of the first half. Uh, I don't think anyone will be any surprise of who my number one failure of a driver this year is. And this is purely my opinion. And this is just off of the stats. I think if you guys have listened to this podcast, you've probably heard me say it over a hundred times. I think personally, the biggest F of the year certainly goes to uh, Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly has had a big time F of a year so far. I mean, he has just not found consistency with that AlphaTauri. It's got that Honda engine similar to Red Bull, and they are pretty quick in the straights. He just cannot seem to get a handle on that car. And for that, I think he's kind of my bottom. He's one of my bottoms of the year. Um, probably, you know, kind of consistent with how I, how most people probably think of him, like bottom, but like that's kind of how I, I grade Pierre Gasly this year. So, yeah, I don't know if guys react to that, but everyone's heard me say I, I I certainly agree with you. He was definitely in the consideration for me and my bottom three. Um, yeah, I think with the expectations, I don't know why they were high for him, I guess, but we kind of talked about him being like in that upper echelon of the, of the midfield this year, and he just really hasn't been. 
All right, I'll I'll give I'll give a um a package deal. I, I alluded to this earlier, but for me, the bottom two were were the Haas boys. Um, those guys stunk this first half, and the reason I say that is because we just we saw glimpses of that car being like really fast this year. Um, and I don't know what happened other than it's these two guys behind the wheel. So I've been really disappointed. I have super high expectations for Haas. Um, I certainly think they should be above Alfa Romeo. Um, and I really think they should be competing with McLaren for that five spot. Um, so I was really bummed, especially after that first race of the year where they looked so good. Magnuson looked so fast. And there was a couple times where I remember like Hamilton said twice, like this Haas, the straight line speed's unbelievable. So it's there. They just haven't had the drivers to get get it out of the car consistently. So those two have been my biggest disappointments of the first half. Sam, I can kind of understand like the Mick Schumacher disappointment, but K-Mag has been poor. I think K-Mag has been doing pretty well. I think he's been doing well relative to what's at his disposal. He's had some, he, obviously some bad luck with reliability and whatnot, but I think it's a little unfair to put him in the bottom with Pierre Gasly. He just hasn't been good in my opinion. Fair enough. I mean, hold on. Here's my question. And Sam, this might be more of a question for you. You came out of the gates and we became a pro Haas podcast. I love Haas, Incredibly pumped for what Haas had had in store for this year. And they came out the gates qualifying strong. Still haven't brought an upgrade. And they got two bottom drivers. Like, what the heck is going on with Gene Haas that this team is so underperforming their expectations across all aspects of the sport? Yeah, my disappointment goes further than just the drivers. I think it's just like the team in general. Like, I just, I don't believe in anything they're doing. Um, Like you said, the no upgrades. I don't know. It feels like they're just, they're just like super cheap or something. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, the the disappointment spans further than just the drivers. I think everyone's been pretty bad. Yeah, I want to go on another little tangent here. Like, this is what really irritates me about this sport. This Haas team has been like the laughing stock of the grid for the past two years or so, right? This year, they have an actual good car and they like developed it well. They've got the Ferrari power units in there. Like they should be competing for more points than they're getting. They're not bringing upgrades. Gunther Steiner is kind of a joke. And you got two drivers who like are kind of playing grab ass more than they are. They're not. And yet somehow the Andretti's are blackballed from entering the sport of formula one like what the heck is going on that like haas is like not bringing upgrades and they're like being weird kind of ruining the sport with a good car and the andretti's are being told you can't get in the like you got to do more they should replace haas with the andretti's 100 percent 100 percent f1's afraid of the andretti's that's the only answer they're afraid of this these american guys coming in and dominating the sport so so scared so scared of this but but yeah no stefano i i i just i i don't i don't know what you're seeing in kevin magnuson to be honest with you like i'm with you he's an experienced driver and he was out of the sport for a little bit but like he came out of the gates strong he came into bahrain strong he came into australia strong he came into miami strong and he spun out in the last lap joke cost in him miami. a bet cost joke him a in bet. miami 
user error on like the second to last lap costs him an, uh, a metric for his performance year to date. He yeah, there's no excuse for that. Anything that impacts Sam's bets is inexcusable. 17th in Spain, DNF Monaco, DNF Baku, 17th Canada, top 10th, just got into the 10th in, in Great Britain, 8th in Austria, DNF, 16th. Like, what are you seeing here, Stefano? I'm seeing a driver that's performing well relative to the lack of upgrades, the lack of spend in the car. His best position was Bahrain, fifth. Hasn't even sniffed top five cents. Think about that. His best place of the year was the first race of the year. Talk about peaking on race one. I And like you said, like, I don't know if that's a testament more to the team or if that's like his fault, but like, holy cow. Imagine that, Sam. You're imagining the best race of the year for you is the first race and you don't even come close to the top. You come your your next best is eighth, and that was in Austria. It was a tease, man. It was such a tease. We like we were high on Haas, and they finished so great in that first race, and we we're like, wow, this is actually going to happen. Such a and tease, then it didn't. and yeah. then it's just been a total crapshoot since. Well, I'll, put this, I'll put it to this way, guys: if Haas overtakes Alfa Romeo by the end of the season, I think you both owe me an apology because. I'll put it this way. Alfa Romeo, I'm not apologizing for anything. Alfa Romeo has had no points finishes in the past four races for both of their drivers. <laughs> so how do you so how, how do you think Alfa Kevin Magnussen had a good first half of the season? I think he's had a good half first half of the season. He scored he's scored well relative to where he's supposed to be. Where is he supposed to be? He's not behind Alfa Romeo because that's not where he's supposed to be. If you look at what happened last season, he should probably they, Haas should probably be at the bottom of the uh, the team listing. You know, all last year we were hearing we're developing for twenty twenty two. We're developing for twenty twenty two. They threw in the towel very early in the season, saying we're we're focused on twenty twenty two. They were supposed to have a comeback year. Everyone know everyone was high on them. Expectations were super high. And then that first race happened, and they've been a disappointment since. Magnuson and not giving the criticism to Mick Schumacher that he deserves. I mean, Mick Schumacher has finished ahead of his teammate in the last four races going into the summer break. Where was that the first nine races? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. We're doing (laughs) You were, you were, you've been the biggest Mick Schumacher defender on this show. And now all of a a sudden you're turning your back on him for Kevin Magnuson? Yeah, he's turning his back on Gene Haas for Alpine. <laughs> nah, you know what? I'll turn my back on Gene Haas. I already did it on this podcast. I'll do it again. I'll turn my back on Gene Haas because you know why? The The Formula One community has turned their back on the Andrettis, and, and I don't stand for that. I stand with the Andrettis hard and you. fast. Mario Andretti is a Formula One world champion. The name is legendary in motorsport, and you won't let them into for, back into Formula One. All right, Stefano, give us your, your next bottom of the driver. Sam, give us yours. I'll give mine. And then I think we got a couple callers calling in, so we'll, nah, uh, we'll get to the callers shortly. I think you and I share this one. Daniel Ricciardo. Really Danny Ricciardo, I was actually almost going to say him twice. 
that's how bad he was this year for me. I, I mean, he's the he's been the worst driver. I think we can all agree. Like he's was number that, one. Was that worst. your next one, Sam? Was yours going to be? That was like that was my real number one. Like he, I thought everyone was going to have him, so I didn't want to say it. But yeah, he's yeah. been the worst. Yeah, he's been pretty bad. He's been he has absolutely driven himself. I I mean, you guys called me crazy. Well, more so <laughs> Stefano than Sam. But you called me crazy at the beginning of this year when I said he wasn't going to be in a Formula One seat next year, and we're still on the cusp of that. He'll, he's gonna have a seat. He's gonna have a seat. He has a contract. They have to. They have to buy him out of his contract. Yeah. Well, Zach. I still Brown think he ends up. I still think he ends up at Haas. I could see that. I would love to see him at Haas. Is that all of our our bottom of the drivers? Is Daniel Cooper? Sam, you, have a, you got. I feel like um, Sam, you got a new one. Yuki's no, I mean, just looking like there's been a bunch of bums the first half of the season. Like Yuki had a pretty bad first half. Bunch of bums. Uh, Stroll. Uh, you know who actually had a good first half? that I didn't mention um, was Vettel. I thought Vettel was actually pretty good in the first half. Him and, him and Alex Albon getting the yeah. most of those terrible cars. I think Alex Albon's an honorable mention from us. A little bit of a quiet, but like good for him out of a Williams to be like kind of competing for points pretty yeah, consistently. Yeah. It helps that he's like a pretty entertaining, entertaining uh, internet presence too. Oh yeah. He's, he's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's it's been it's been a pleasure to kind of watch him unfold. But um, all right, let's uh, let's take some callers. Let's uh, we got we got some callers on the line. I think we got uh, I think we got Chad from from Worcester on the line. Um, Chad, hey, welcome onto the 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 podcast this week. Hey guys, how you doing? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, here you great. Loud and Coming clear, in loud and clear. Good to have you back Thank on, you. Chad. Thanks, guys. Hey Chatty, uh, so we're uh, we're grading the grid first half of the year. Give us your uh, your top driver of the uh, the first half of the year, and then your your bottom driver, um, and not in the way that you typically think of a bottom driver, but in the typical way that we would say the bottom drivers. <laughs> wow, wow, you're really putting me on the spot with this one. Um, you know, if I had to think about it, I might I might go top driver. I'd probably go with George Russell just because of his consistency, you know, yeah. but fucking Chad. You know, I, I, I gotta go with him just because he's consistent, you know, he's always putting in Mercedes in a good place to be, but you know, at the same point, can he like be like so valuable to also just like I don't know, I'm not that impressed by it. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Like, can this guy can this guy like, you know, you know, compete for you know, a race win can he compete for actual podiums more. It just seems like he's consistently in the three through five spot, but you know, he's keeping Mercedes where they want to be consistently, you know, <laughs> in the pack, but it's just, it's just frustrating. You know, does, does he have that, you know, extra, extra, I don't know what it is balls to face in the next level, but I, I have been impressed by him just being consistently in the top five all year besides that one race that uh, Silverstone does. Chad, I'm surprised. You don't think that uh, Lewis Hamilton was better than George Russell in the first half. Um, I mean, obviously he came on towards the end. Um, I mean, I love, you know, I love Lewis guys. You know, he's, he's my top guy. Um, oh, yeah. he does, he does complain a lot. I don't know if that's just like his strategy to kind of make the team like invest more and, you know, get, get more into the car and kind of do those, you know, adjustments throughout the year. But I don't know. It's, it's hard to say he's better than Russell when he, you know, was behind him the first half of the first half. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a big complaining guy. Him being better would show a little bit of recency bias. You know, he's definitely outperformed uh, George in the last five races, but over the course of the entire first half of the season, George has been mm-hmm. consistent and much better than Lewis. So 
I stand behind you, Chad. George is kind of the Derek Carr of like Formula One, you know, like both got eyeliner, like both kind of good, but like you're unimpressed by him type of thing, you know? Okay. So what about prediction second half? Who finishes the season higher, Russell or Hamilton? Hamilton does. I think Hamilton does. I think Mercedes has come back so strong. I think these next three weeks are going to be huge for them. You know, I think, I think they might have Ferraris in their crosshairs, to be honest with you, but I, um, yeah, I think the Derek Carr thing is spot on for George Russell. It's just like, He's he's consistent, but it's like I don't know. Is he gonna be the next top Mercedes driver? Yeah, he's like kind of like forgettable type of thing. You know? Yeah, he just kind of wears yeah. mascara and is forgettable. Yeah, he's kind of like a forgettable guy. Like, yeah, like you 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 won. You like you're pretty consistent, but like I don't really care. He'll post yeah, right. he just, like, I don't really remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. I saw him this weekend. You know, it's all yeah, blur. like just kind of like a forgettable guy. But all right, who's your bottom driver of the grid this year? Yeah, so. Uh, I think it's it's tough because obviously, you know, some of the better teams are going to have better results and you kind of kind of look at how drivers are compared against each other. And obviously, if you're looking at, you know, like Alfa Romeo, you can't really compare like Ovatri Batas to a zoo. You know what I mean? It's his first year, so it's tough to compare their results to each other. But I don't know. I think you got to go with Ricardo um, oh, yeah. compared to like results. Him and, him and Norris aren't even close right now. Hell yeah, and brother. He says a lot that doesn't have a seat. He says, hell yeah, brother. He says a lot that doesn't have a seat next year. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's tough to see. I mean, when was the last time that Ricardo had a, a race where you were impressed by him? Was it last year? Was it, was it this season? Last year, he won, probably. Yeah, last year, probably Monza was the last time that. And the only reason, like, he kind of won was because Lewis and Max kind of crashed going into turn two and took each other out of the race. So, um, kind of. They didn't let Lando pass him. And they didn't let Lando pass him either. That's why he wouldn't let him pass. Lando kind of gifted him that win. Like, Lando definitely had better race pace that day. He just was, like, a a good guy because I think he knew after he lapped them in Monaco last year that Danny Ricardo was, like, one mental breakdown away from quitting the sport. So, it was kind of, I think he did like ever, all of the fans a favor by kind of holding them up and, and uh, letting him, letting him take that, that maiden win back again. Chatty, any, uh, any excitement coming in for spa this weekend before we drop you? No, no, I'm just excited. You know, I'm just excited to get back into qualifying, you know, see how the cars have made adjustments um, over the break and see what the teams bring to the table. But no, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, big fan of the podcast. Big Team Stefano guy. So, hell yeah, brothers. And, uh, hell yeah. Fired up, Chad. Week. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. Fired up. Hell yeah, fired up. Thanks, Chatty. Chatty from Harwich. Thanks, long-time listener, uh, multi-time caller. So, uh, hell yeah, brother. Fired up. All right, boys. Uh, moving on. I think that's our that's our kind of graded to the grid recap for this year. I mean, you know, it's it's honestly, if you had to go for a team that probably like underperformed, I'd probably say. Ferrari towards the end really dropped the ball. Um, it's been a good battle between them and Red Bull. Let's see what the second half has in store for us as we head to Spa. Stefano, you want to give our the Spa read-in prediction, the Spa track and race preview. You might have to cut this because I don't have anything for it. Well, you're going to come up with it on the fly. <laughs> Nothing. I'll put it to this way. As you're, all, as, you're, as you're reading up and getting something prepared, I will say this. 
the best track previews are the ones that are done just kind of like off the cuff, like like from the true balls of you deep down into the plums. You just kind of going, reaching back and, and pulling something, pulling a rabbit out of the hat. That's where you make your, your best bread and butter. Um, and honestly, for those that are our YouTube fans, Sam having the spa track on his wall just kind of shows the testament of like how much this podcast is a fan of, of spa. Last year, we got totally robbed of it. Such a wet, rainy day that like couldn't even get like more than two laps in. It was kind of like two laps under a safety car. The spray was ridiculous. Couldn't even get the race going. There's risk this weekend that there's going to be some rain. More rain this weekend. Not happy about that. First race week back going to spa and just having rain sucks it stinks i'm not looking forward to that i really hope that that just kind of that global warming passes but who knows um but yeah i mean i'm super pumped for spa and yeah i mean without further ado matt like you said last year we were robbed of a great race and this year following what's been a very long very entertaining season following the hilarity of silly season we are now back racing in belgium and we await a seven kilometer racetrack i have fun you want to cut this one dude we'll have to cut that we'll cut it no we're gonna keep that one stefano just kind of like you know it sounds like like summer break you're just kind of shaking the cobwebs off it's a seven kilometer track it's a long ass track. It's probably the longest, one of the longest, if not the longest tracks on the grid. From ADRS zones that we got coming into this weekend, Stefano. Uh, at least three, I think. Yeah, three DRS zones. Sam DRSO back at the top of the charts. Um, Sam, I mean, I can't wait to see what you've got in store for, for Vegas this weekend. Guys, we are approaching a triple header coming off of the summer break. A triple header. I think we got Spa. I think we got Monza. I think we got Singapore. That might no, be the other one. Spa, Netherlands. Danvort. Oh, yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, guys, we're going to do our race predictions. We're going to do our race previews. Um, it's really interesting heading into this race week, though, because a lot of chatter around illegal floors and clarifying regulations. Everyone needed to kind of have the right floors. The regulations became clear. Everyone had until spa to fix those. There was like some floors that were a little bit more flexy and it was flexing, allowing the drivers to like not porpoise as much. So they clarified the rules and regulations that they had to be a little bit more stiffer. They couldn't be in two different pieces. So could be really interesting. The grid could be totally shaken up. Um, I think Stefano, you had the rumor or Stefano and Sam had the rumor that the reason why Checo has been underperforming so badly is because the Red Bull team was testing out the new floor they had to bring to Spa. That was potentially not buying a, it, not buying it. So, not you know, buying it. So let me ask you this. Heading into Spa, there was rumors that that Red Bull and Ferrari had to change their floors out and that Mercedes did not. Do you guys think that this is going to be a totally different second half of the season because of the floors? Or do you think it's going to be more of the same that we saw at the first half of the year? It really depends on how much the floor was helping Red Bull and Ferrari, because if that was like one of the key factors in their race pace, then there we could see a disastrous result in the making uh, in Spa for Red Bull and Ferrari. But if uh, if it's not the case, then you know it could be more of the same. That would that would kind of suck. Uh, you know, we always hope for interesting races. We always hope for different teams mixing it up for 
podium places and race wins. Uh, you know, it's never fun to just watch the same team or the same two teams win day in and day out. Um, so if that, if, if the floors are what's been a, a key determinant for their success, then I really hope maybe Mercedes can pick up the slack um, because they don't have to change their floors uh, from what we hear. So maybe we can see Lewis or George finally get that first race win for Mercedes this year. So the way what I'm predicting here is I don't think we necessarily see a big downshift in Ferrari and Red Bull's performance, but I do think we see Mercedes kind of close the gap a bit. Um, so, I mean, I don't even know if it's a big prediction at this point, but I do think, and I'm fairly confident that Lewis Hamilton and, or maybe both of them, George Russell, they are going to win races in the second half of the season. So I think what we see is a nice battle between the three race, the three cars, um, every single race for the second half of the season. I think Mercedes is going to close that gap. Um, and I think it's going to be, I guess this might be wishful thinking, but I think it's going to be a great second half of the season. Maybe not great enough that we're going to see a, um, you know, a chance for one of these other teams to give Red Bull a run for the constructors. But I do think we're going to see some really good racing and a lot of battles at the top of the pack between all three of these cars. Yeah, I was going to say, <clears throat> I kind of agree with you, Sam. I, I feel like, even if the floors on Red Bull and, and Ferrari move the needle slightly, I think it just closes the gap down between Mercedes. But like, it's going to have to take a ton for like Max to be coming in like consistently like sixth compared to like George Russell and Carlos Sainz, you know, Lewis and, and Chuck probably beat him if he's got a, a worse you know, set of machinery, but like for him to kind of consistently be like so far from the top, he has to now start to perform pretty poorly. And even if you buy the rumors that Checo was testing out that new floor, he still was in the hunt a little bit. And then you put Max Verstappen in the same car. He's definitely going to extract more performance out of the car than Checo is going to. So, I mean, I don't necessarily buy that. I'm with you. I mean, I don't want to like get ahead of ourselves here, but like, I, I really think that Ferrari, if Red Bull comes out the next three races and they're all both in like the top five or even like the top seven and Max is still like on the podium for the next three races, I don't think any team other than Ferrari will have a shot at them. Like it's just like Mercedes is 127 points back. Like you'd basically need like four DNFs and them to like win the races to kind of get really back into that hunt so like to me the title fight is still only between red bull and ferrari and then it comes down to do you think ferrari the benefited from the summer break with those the race strategy do you think Bonato's the right person to to lead the charge like said differently does ferrari have the grit to do what mercedes did last year where like they just fought tooth and nail clawed their way back kept pushing kept their heads down and really brought it to the last race of the year like does Ferrari have that in the second half of the season, Sam? Uh, no, unfortunately. See, I think they're going to continue to win races in the second half of the season. Um, and we'll get to that. I might have, that might be a little tease for, for what I think this upcoming weekend. Um, but they, they aren't going to be able to do it at the consistent pace they need to, to actually have a chance to come back. Um, I mean, when you compare them to Mercedes of last year, you know, 
that's a that was a dynasty that was the they were in a legit in a legit dynasty and yes. lewis hamilton's the greatest driver of all time so it's a little different when then when you have an absolute bozo like bonotto running the team um and chuck who's a fantastic racer we all know that but he's shown he isn't perfect um and you pretty much are going to have to be absolutely perfect in the second half to have any chance to come back yeah, Mattia Bozzotto. Um, Stefano, what do you think? Can can Ferrari claw back and win either championship? No, because at the head of the team, you have a guy who doesn't think that there's any problems at all uh, currently with the team. Uh, there's no strategy issues. There's no uh, race pace issues. There's no uh, driver error issues. According to Bonato, there's nothing to change going into the summer, uh, into... Uh, uh, Belgium in the, the second half of the season. So, no. Do you, you think, do you actually think he believes that? Yeah, I do. Because uh, I don't think that he has just the, the fortitude to make decisions within his own team. Like, if somebody was... So, Anaki Rueda is the, the chief strategist at Ferrari, and he's been making four calls there. Uh, you would think that if you're underperforming at a job, you either have that underperformance addressed or you get fired. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think that Bonato has it in him to fire these people. I feel like because he's been at Ferrari for 25, 30 years at this point, I don't, to me, I think he thinks uh, his team members as family rather than, than what they are. And that's employees. I don't think to him that they're, underperforming relative to what other teams are doing. So no, here's my question guys, because this came up earlier in the podcast, you know, Verstappen, he's one of those guys who's super vocal when things aren't going his way. And he gets very mouthy on the radio, like to a point where people kind of don't like him because of that. Here's my question to the pair of you, because you guys have brought that up before. Would you, would you rather a driver like that and say, Hey, like Max is going to get super fiery, like Spain yelling about the DRS, like freaking out, being all pissed off and like really getting like under the team skin. Or would you rather have like, and I'm not saying Chuck's not like this or causes like, but like a set of drivers who are maybe like afraid to say that type of stuff to the team and the team just kind of like, nah, no, no accountability, like whatever, nothing wrong. Like, what would you rather have? Like somebody like a a fiery hothead who's like pissed off that they don't get DRS to work or like, you know, maybe a couple drivers who like feel like they can't say anything to the team even though they're freaking pissed well matt the problem is the no accountability i'd actually yeah. rather have the more soft-spoken mild-mannered driver if you had a strategist that would nail the strategy and get it right like if chuck leclerc had a good strategist this year in a team that was nailing all these off-the-track decisions he'd be in first place right now yeah. so he, you can do it without being like an asshole sometimes the way Max is. It works for Max, obviously. So you can't really like knock it, but you can win not being that type of personality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just think it's an absolute joke that Ferrari is sitting there being like, nope, nothing wrong. It's all good. You yeah, know, it is a joke. We, we just kind of walk, we, we walked ourselves out of We were what? <laughs> But go ahead, Matt. Sorry. We walked ourselves out of a race a couple times this year. Like, whatever. Like, we're all good. Like, we're 100 points out of the constructors. We just, like, totally cost ourselves one, two finishes left and right. We we totally botched it. Like, we, we, we told our drivers to race on track, and that didn't work out. And, like, 
you know, we were number one driver for slicks. Uh, for that some. was the least of them, their mistakes. Like that never even really cost him anything. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a joke. Like these guys, I, I like, I can't even believe what Let's happened. Fires on Chuck Leclerc on ice cold track in Hungary. That'll do, that'll do him fine. Yeah, that'll be great. You know, let's just ride around on ice. Um, but I mean, we're going to spa. Um, we got, uh, race. This was Chuck Leclerc's maiden victory back in 2019. Let's move on to our predictions for the podcast heading into spa last year. Max Verstappen was the winner. Yeah. Two, two laps. He just, he was the pole sitter. He won because of the pole sitter. No, no, wasn't a real race. He is on the record books. It's still a win, but like he just won because he qualified best. Basically it was a formation lap for two laps. Like, behind the safety car they barely got the race in um but ferrari's had pretty pretty good success at spa let's start sam give us your predictions pole podium for the reminder it's been a long time since we've done this for our listeners a reminder the only podcast that does our predictions before we've seen anything and this guys this is a special one this is a real special one because we've been we've had a month off we have no idea what to expect coming back into the That's second half of the year. First race back. We've got a triple header ahead of us. And we got to do race and qualifying predictions. No idea what these drivers have been up to. Some of these guys might not even make it back. They might be like stuck in another country. Who the hell knows what could happen between Monday recording and Saturday qualifying. But Sam, you've got the heart of a champion. You've got balls and guts to come out and say, who do you think you're going to be on pole and who's going to be on podium? So give us the gut predictions. So first off, I'll say I'm really praying there's no rain. I'm sick of the rain at this point. I just want to see a dry race where we just see some like actual cool stuff, especially at spot considering last year. So these predictions are made with the wishful thinking that there will be no rain. Um, How can you not, even with the summer break, how can you not, say Chuck Claire is going to finish on pole. Um, he is Mr. Qualifying. Um, so he's, I've got him, um, you know, finishing first and qualifying starting on pole. And then, you know, why not just continue to fall down this rabbit hole? I think, he gets it done on Sunday. Um, I think Chuck Leclerc wins the race. And I think we're going to see Ferrari nail a strategy surprisingly because they've had so much time to think about how dumb they are. And I truly don't believe that Mario Bonotto is sitting there saying we're getting all these things right. I think that he probably took some time to realize how big of an idiot he is. So I think he's going to know, just do something smart and just like go by the book this weekend. Don't do anything out of the ordinary. Don't get cute. Um, and I think we see Chuck Leclerc win um, at spa. I think in second, we see Max Verstappen. And then I think um, rounding up the podium is, is Sir Lewis Hamilton. It's a great prediction. Honestly, my reaction to that is like, it's, it's super funny because I just feel like each week you kind of talk yourself into like a Ferrari victory. Um, thinking of this race strategy and get something right. Spa is kind of a tough track to get something wrong. It's so long. Like you got plenty of time on the pit wall to react to certain things. Um, they've got a good car. Chuck's a great driver. He's been racing well. So long as they know, so long as the temperatures aren't too cold and they put them on hards, that aren't going to work. Like he races really well, right? Like he's going to, He's going to do what he does on track. He's like the, he's the up and coming Max Verstappen, if you will, almost. Um, and honestly, 
Ferrari kind of needs this. Like, this is a huge point of their season. Like, you guys, I think before the break, it was a lot of emotions. You wrote them off. No chance coming back. I said, hey, hold on. Like, let me be the voice of reason. Like, there's still a, a prayer. Like, like, don't forget reliability and grid penalties for Red Bull, blah, blah, blah. So, like, let's not count them out yet. But this is, like, a pivotal moment. Like, if they don't finish at least top four with a, a win, they can kind of count themselves out of the, the constructors and the drivers. So I'm with you. I think that's a done. great prediction. It's a really, really nice. It's a really nice summer break. Come back and put like the top three drivers on the grid on the podium. Like, I like that. I like that prediction. Nice. Stefano, who you got? On pole, I'm echoing Sam and saying Chuck LeClaire. Um, I think, I think, uh, Lewis and George are going to round out the, uh, first three spots in the grid qualifying. Uh, and then I got a little bit of a niggle uh, for the actual race. Cause I think Lewis Hamilton is going to win. Uh, I think Max is going to come in P2 and I think George is going to round out the podium. And I think, I think if my math is correct, they overtake Ferrari in the constructors with that, depending on where Ferrari finished, of course. So wait, who do you have again? You got Lewis Hamilton on pole, and then you got him and George Russell one too. Chuck on pole. Chuck on pole. Yeah, and then I got Lewis winning and Max P two and Russell rounding up the podium. Yeah, that'd be pretty close to to them taking over points from. Uh, I mean, I think they're only thirty points back, so that'd be basically okay. putting them at like twenty points uh, up on on Ferrari in the weekend, depending on if Ferrari finishes fourth and fifth. So it'd be a pretty interesting result for them for sure. Um, I like that. So it's a Mercedes split by a Red Bull in in your prediction. Yeah, I mean, if you base it on form alone, I mean, the only other hot drivers right now besides Max are Lewis and George. Yeah. So I like those predictions a lot. I think Mercedes is going to come out strong. I think that they were strong in Hungary. I think that they were a really competitive car. Um, This is a tough one for me because I really think like Chuck is just like, he's got a faster car over one lap, right? Like I think like it's so hard to put somebody other than a Ferrari up into the the podium, uh, into pole. Um, I think Verstappen could do it, but I don't know. I I feel like, I feel like it's Chuck sitting on pole, Max P2 heading into the race. And then I think we're going to get a pretty interesting battle between like Max and Lewis. I, I kind of feel like here's, here's my prediction. I think that Max is going to dominate the race and Lewis is going to like come back, challenge him and they're going to come pretty close. And I think Max is just going to back out and not race him very hard because I think he knows so long as he finishes like ahead of both Ferraris heading into this weekend, his like drivers is pretty damn near locked up. So long as he doesn't like crash, like I think you're going to see like a cautious Max Verstappen if he's like in the top three racing because I don't think he's going to want to have a DNF or spin out of the gravel or anything. So I think you're going to see um, 
like Max dominate the race a little bit. And I think something's going to happen again on the Ferrari pit wall. Uh, I feel like Chuck's going to race a good race, but like I think Mercedes is going to like out strategize them and like overtake Leclerc, like undercut him or something. And then they're going to try and pit and then something's going to happen. And he's just going to like, they're going to lose track position to the point where like Lewis has such better race pace. He catches Max, Max backs out, and then you're going to get a Lewis, Max, Chuck, one, two, three. That's my prediction for, for Spa this week. Oh, and like, you know what's going to happen? It's probably going to be rain. We're not going to see a good race. We're going to get a repeat of Monaco. And it's going to be boring. It's going to suck coming out of the summer break. I'm be so disappointed if it's like a rainy, shitty race. Bad vibes, yeah, man. Don't is, say like, that. This is you guys' favorite track, right? Favorite track. Love this one. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. It's on Sam's wall. It is on my wall, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mine's in a couple of races, but I definitely Singapore, right? What? Singapore, no, he's, right? He's a big Zandvoort guy. He's, he loves the Dutch. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big Max Verstappen fan. Yeah. Always have been. I can't wait for his home Grand Prix. Um, guys, final thoughts going into Spa. Oh, man. I can't wait to go back to racing because literally the only access I've had to Formula One over the past month has been the F122 video game, and that's been not so great. So some real-life racing is going to be refreshing. We'll see what happens on track. Will Mercedes really rattle their sabers and challenge the likes of Ferrari for second in the constructors? Only time will tell. Yeah, I echo uh, those sentiments from Stefano. I've just been fiending for some F1 on track stuff. Uh, I can't wait for practice to start and especially can't wait for the race. It's going to be a fun one. Um, these these summer breaks are too long. So very excited to, to see some racing. Yeah, too long. Dust the cobwebs off, shake the rust off, get ready back for racing. I mean, qualifying is coming up. It's five days away. We're going to be super pumped. I'm going to be watching it live. It's going to be awesome. going to be electric. Hopefully the rain holds off. Hopefully I did the reverse jinx and said that the race is going to go on without any rain. That would be sweet. Wouldn't mind a rainy qualifying. Maybe see a couple 360 spins where those guys recover. I think that's always really cool to watch. But yeah, super excited. I'm pumped that the break is over. It's going to be a really quick second half of the year. We got nine races. Soki's off the calendar. Uh, so we only got nine, not 10. It's going to be a really quick race to Abu Dhabi. I'm super pumped up. Um, can't wait. We got a big second half for the end of the points, boys. A lot of things coming your way for the fans. Um, merch as always available for for consumption and purchase um support the pod support the boys support stefano sam myself and we will see you guys next week for our spa recap and our zandvor preview love you guys Hell yeah, brother. Brother.